Welcome, everybody, to episode 59 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. I hope you're all doing well this evening. This episode is brought to you by our main sponsor, CigarNights.com, where all you cigar aficionados can get all your cigar accessories. Guys, tonight, I have a treat. Our guests are co-hosts of the L of 8, with a number 8, podcast from out east in our beautiful country of Canada. Please welcome to the show, without further ado, Josh and Dalton. What is up, guys? (laughs) Great to be with you. How's it going? Great, thanks. Great. Thank you, guys, so much. Wow, that was, I I got the gun. I heard it. Yeah, (laughs) let's go. I was hoping it would work. You 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 like the music? You like the music? Yeah, the the green room music was dope. That was a vibe. If I have to make one suggestion to StreamYard, they got to put some better music out there. There's there's not much much choice there. Not much choice. Oh, you can't upload your own? No. No, uh, no, 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 because it's got to be like, uh, you know, um, yeah, that's right. Royalty free. Yeah. Right. So you can't for now, but that's cool. At least they got the feature. How are we doing this evening? We're great. We're coming off. Uh, I guess I call it a high. I don't know how you feel. I yeah. feel good. We just did our episode. So okay, we're cool. We're in the zone right now. Yeah, we're ready to go. We're ready to talk, which could be a good or a bad thing. We'll find out very soon. We'll find out very soon, guys. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. You guys didn't hesitate when I reached out to you. I came across your your podcast uh, on TikTok, and then I went on Spotify and uh, really enjoyed the content. So I said, I got to get these guys on my show, and uh, we're going to discuss a little bit of Canadiana this evening and some other stuff as well, some interesting stuff. First of all, let's start. First of all, I want to say hi to everybody, guys, whoever's watching, whoever's listening uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on, of course, Facebook Live. You guys put in your comments just to say hi. Any questions that you may have, feel free, guys. The more interactive, the funner we uh, the funner we make it. So let's start off, guys. Tell me a little bit about your podcast, how it came about, whose idea was it, and what is it about? You want me to take it? Yeah, you take that. This will be fun. <laughs> so uh, there was just a night in the middle of the pandemic well actually more towards the beginning it was near actually right at the beginning like two weeks in two weeks in and i 
it was around 10 p.m. 11 p.m. Josh and I have this weird history of coming up with life's great ideas uh, past 10 o'clock at night. Um, and so I get a text out of nowhere and it goes, hey, have you ever thought about a podcast? Like, has that ever come to your mind? And meanwhile, what he didn't know is behind the scenes, I was like every night, re like watching podcasts, learning what these people do, how to mm -hmm. set one up. And I said to him, yes, I have like actively been thinking about starting a podcast. I just don't know where to start. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would talk about. And from that night on, we probably stayed up until 1 a.m. Just going over names, going over what we would talk about, you know, where, how would we do it? Where would we do it? And I mean, we probably had that conversation in late March and we were recording our first episode by mid-April. Awesome. Um, so that's really where it came out of. We both are very business minded. We um, talk about politics a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a fat mouth. Sometimes that's a good thing or a bad thing. So I like to talk. <laughs> um, and and we just kind of put all those together. And here we are. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's funny. I said off air, but uh, I think, you know, a lot of people started their podcasts because of the pandemic. And yeah. when when I was on on looking at your stuff on Spotify and I look at the date, I'm like, June 2020. And I started May 2020, <laughs> my podcast. I'm like, yeah, there we go. We got another one. But uh, it's, it's yeah. funny. There was so much at the beginning. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but a lot of uh, obviously the people that stuck around uh, are the ones that that are, I think, more serious. It yeah. was normal that we had such a, an influx of and such new, yep. crazy. Everyone was doing a podcast, everyone and their mother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so many podcasts. And some people's dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to know a little bit individually. Uh, maybe we could start off with you, Josh. What's your background in terms of, I know that you guys talk about, uh, you know, it's, it's written business, marketing and design in terms of the podcast. Uh, where do you fall within that? And, and tell me a little bit about your background, what you do. Totally. Uh, yeah. So myself, I come from the design uh, area of expertise. I work as a product designer and I've uh, been in the game for about six and a half years now. And uh, as Dalton was saying, I tend to be somebody who's I a lot of people in the design community. Um, you know, a lot of them are extroverts, but there's also a lot of introverts. And I've always been in a kind of one of those designers that's kind of odd uh, because a lot of people, a lot of designers are very uh what's the word i'm looking for uh very feely like they really feel deeply um yeah. you know and uh and i and i'm don't get me wrong i'm a very emotional person um but um but i also have such an obsession with business and how it, it works with the design and so anytime i've gone to any company i've always been very close and tight-knit with the sales team um so i want to know how we're making deals what we're doing what our you know pipelines looking like this at the other mm -hmm. and how it affects me as a designer to make sure i'm developing products or designing products that people want to use people will it will convert and keep people on our platforms um so i have an obsession with that and that's kind of where i came from i actually uh kind of similar to your story actually luigi I had my own podcast back in the day that lasted, I think, maybe 15 episodes. Um, Close, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was and it was tough. It was a solo show and it was tough to do stuff on my own. Um, and so that's when I, I knew I always want to get back into it at some point, just to know when it would be. And so, yeah, as, as Don was saying, it was a couple of weeks in the pandemic and I was just like, I want this is a perfect time. I need something to look forward to. Life sucks right now. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why I call him like, bro, do you want to do this? Because I know I can't do it alone. I've tried on my own. It sucked. Um, I need someone who's going to keep me going. Um, and so that was like when I called him, we were we were co-workers. Um, yep. You know, he was okay. a developer. I was a, a designer. And, and that's how we got it going. And uh, I've, I've been excited ever since because 
those times come, especially as you said, as podcasters, you know, everyone right now, like it seems like literally everyone's just it's such a, a saturated space. I'm curious how many of them are going to be around in a year. I, th um, I think we've already had a we've already had a, a drop. I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure. Yes, because yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at what I've I've been on Instagram and uh, and on Facebook. A lot of them have 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 completely stopped. Totally. Right. And I understand it because yeah. I think we got I think six months into ours and I was not motivated to do it anymore. And if it wasn't yeah. for Dalton texting me, I was like, hey, we recording tonight. I don't think I would have gone. That's, <laughs> not, that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm just I'd like to 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 elaborate a little bit on that point. W totally. What do you think made you lose that interest? I'm just. Well, I uh, made a really dumb mistake uh, early on, and I because uh, I made the exact same mistake I made with my first podcast. Okay. Um, my first one, I did the podcast, and I was doing a podcast and a vlog at the same time. Um, mm. And then it just got so crazy with my full-time job that I was like, okay, I just picked the vlog to do full-time. I did that for two years. Um, and uh, then I decided to get back on the podcast. And so this time around, when I started this, this, this podcast, Adult, and I also started my own design company at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes and sense. So, and that's what ended up happening was I was getting a lot of clients coming in. A lot of people were interested. And I was like, oh, there's like, I was really attracted to the money that was coming in. Sure. Um, that I was like, oh, the podcast is not really making us much or add or anything. Uh, and it was hard to get motivated for it. Um, and so that's why I, but I knew that would happen. And that's why I asked Dalton to do it with me. Um, because I wanted somebody who would be there to help me stay motivated when I wasn't motivated. Smart. smart. Uh, that was, yeah. what, he's like, we've kind of kept each other going. Totally. Like, Cause I felt the years. exact same thing around the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my whole thing was at that six month mark, things started opening up again and it was summer and I was like, Oh, there's so much to do. Like, Oh, I mean, let's go do this. And the same breath, like seeing Josh's text say, are you ready for Wednesday? It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready for Wednesday. Freaking right. Like, let's go. <laughs> and so that's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, having that extra push was really, really helpful. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. I think that, uh, you know, relate totally relatable what you guys just said. And I think if you get over that, that yeah. hump at the beginning, I think then that after now, when I lose, uh, when I, you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was sick. No, it wasn't COVID, by the way, guys, flu, <laughs> and the flu or a cold, the common cold still exists, <laughs> multiple tests. I did not have COVID, uh, but I was just, I was, I, the night of, I just canceled. I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't see straight. Yeah. And I felt so guilty guys. I'm like, I, now when I lose, I miss a week, which is very rare. I can't even, that was the first in, in, in months that I had missed a week. I felt so guilty. Now it's like, now it's sort of become like, um, and I always say this, but I don't know about you guys, how you feel about it. It's like therapy for me. It was therapy for me, especially at the beginning during COVID. Um, just because my mom always told me, God rest her social, because you have too much of a big mouth. You got to let it out. Mm -hmm. So I find that, that just connecting with people, it was, it was like therapy and it still is, you know, I, and I, and I absolutely love it, but I, I went through that, oh, it's summer and Yes. Oh man, it's and I'm alone. I got no one to push me, and uh, yeah. I'd rather be by the pool with the kids. And yeah, um, so but I'm happy. No, I'm 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 happy that you stuck, and I'm I'm actually happy that you guys stuck it out because uh, you have a really nice synergy together. Uh, I I really enjoyed. I listened to a couple of episodes, and obviously in preparation for tonight, one in which uh, we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail uh, after. Um, but uh no i'm i'm glad and uh so doctor what's what's your what's your background and and i think we're pretty close here on this one yeah so i mean as josh briefly mentioned i'm actually out of 
you know, like college trained as a software developer and uh, right. that's where Josh and I met. So um, that has, I would say in terms of my interests and, and what I enjoy doing has taken a huge back burner. Um, so what I would uh, class on myself as now is, is a real estate investor. Um, I have over the last three years worked really hard to um, build a real estate portfolio along with um, a property management company in Halifax and working really hard to um, I'll use the word revolutionize or maybe modernize or just um, operate the property management and leasing business with some dignity and respect. Um, in Halifax, certainly we have uh, probably some of the worst landlords and some of the worst property managers. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, you're dealing with people's homes. You're dealing with where people raise their children um, and have their friends over. And uh, I have two very strict rules that I live by and that I run my business with. And I will not buy a property to rent it out if I wouldn't sleep in it. And I will not sign a property management client if I would not live in their home either. Um, wow. I cannot take money off someone if I wouldn't sleep in it because it's clearly not good enough. It's not, and, and um, you know, in the beginning of my business, there was times I would do things. I was, oh, I wish I didn't do that, but I needed the money. Yeah. And it's nice to reach a point now where you can, I'll use the word, maybe fire clients slash be more selective in who you choose because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, I want myself and my business to be known at a certain standard. Um and so that's just uh, the, the I guess the 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 background on me is 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 real estate investor working hard to to change that industry um, at least in Halifax and and who knows where where it'll take me. I, I find um, being a fellow real estate um, holder and and landlord, um, I really appreciate what you just said. I can because uh, as you know, uh, you know this famous slum lords and. Uh, what you see and what you hear and what people have to live in, especially in, in an economy where uh, rents are just skyrocketing. Um, yep. I'm not sure if you guys are aware that um, the island of Montreal, and my real estate is not in Montreal, but to uh, combat this uh, slumlords and rising costs of rent, uh, the mayor of Montreal, which I'm not a fan of, but that's another story, <laughs> um, just recently instilled a registry. Yeah, so you have to register. I'm not sure if you heard of this as a landlord, yep. and basically where potential tenants could go and see what your rent is, yep. to see what time of uh, you know to keep up to upkeep your your buildings, and also I th- believe that if it is um, six units or more, I could be wrong on that. That you have to do a certain amount of work per year, right? Um, because I, I mean, I remember going to high school, uh, and near our high school there was what we used to call the ghetto, and right. they were monstrosity of buildings and they were disgusting so over the years they've all been um they've all been demolished and replaced by beautiful condo buildings and apartment buildings um but this 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 one landlord just one can you imagine uh was was uh was famous in the city for being a real piece of uh human crap let's put it that (laughs) way yeah so uh to to hear you say that dalton um is really refreshing you know yeah, uh, I think uh, I think we do have a responsibility, you and me, absolutely, and as as uh, as landlords, and it's not just about making money. Yes, of course, I'm not I'm not in it to lose money for for you, right? Yeah, but if I'm gonna put a family, if I'm gonna put an individual or a couple in one of my condos, and you know, I only have two condos, but um, I'm gonna make sure that it's it's livable. 
That's and right. Like you said, I love what you said that I would sleep in it. Yeah. You know, um, and and I think that that is, you know, a, a, a great segue in terms of talking about it's been talked about in the news and you know a lot a lot of talk has come from uh, conservative mp uh looking to to, to lead the, the conservatives uh pierre poilvia yeah. um you know the average home price has doubled literally doubled in canada um the price of the average canadian home has hit eight hundred sixteen thousand seven hundred twenty in february its highest level on record according to the canadian real estate association so my question to you guys and me coming from a mortgage background and, and lending is who's going to afford this <laughs> and, and what are the ramifications? So what are you seeing right now, guys? So uh, who's affording it? Um, I don't know. I, I To be honest, I don't know. Um, I know more people who have dealt with housing insecurity than I do who haven't. And I also know people who, um, given their life circumstances, just are not able to save up to buy an $800,000 home. So then the ramifications of that are what people tell them, well, then you have to rent. You need somewhere to live. Okay. So an investor goes and buys the $800,000 building. They have to cover those expenses and then they are going to make money. They are taking all the risk with risk comes reward. That is business. Mm-hmm. And so now someone who couldn't afford the mortgage on $800,000 is paying a monthly rent payment that includes the mortgage plus profit. So they actually are paying more than if they had just bought it, but because they don't have the lump sum, they're now stuck in a renting cycle. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a vicious circle, right? Because as so we we're bringing all these um immigrants into canada okay so i'm going to i'm going to talk about quebec right now there is a a lack of inventory construction yeah. is not keeping up there is no inventory for all these new immigrants that mostly are going to concentrate around island, the, the montreal island and its surroundings so you have this this housing uh disaster basically it's a perfect storm yeah uh there's not enough construction and then so that what that what happens prices have gone up and rent has gone up. So now nothing is affordable, right? Yeah. Before it was, oh, I can't afford to buy a house, but I can't even <laughs> afford to rent a home now or, or rent a, a condo or an apartment. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure where this is where this is leaving us. Is this going to force uh, the, the big metropolitan areas to be extended? And people, I, I don't know where, where, where this brings us right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried. And then you, you obviously add that to inflation right um so sorry you're gonna say something dalton no no that was a a scuff of agreeance yeah Yeah. so i mean um so just the general canadian economy and the mess that we're in in january 2022 canadian inflation surpassed five percent for the first time since september 1991 (laughs) rising 5.1 on a year-over-year basis and up from 4.8 gain in december 2021 in comparison the headline consumer price index increased 1% on a year-over-year basis in January 2021. So, and that's um, most likely a BS number, too. It's probably yeah, higher. That's right. That's yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm really worried about the overall. I mean, we all know what's what's been going on since COVID. And 
uh we're printing money like it's it's you know like they're he's a drunken sailor on a friday night at a club um yeah. and and of course we're talking about my my good friend uh mr trudeau right and um no nah. I, I don't know if you guys have seen some of my previous uh, he's i'm not his biggest fan let's put it that way okay <laughs> Neither am I. Um, yeah i know I've, I've i've listened to some of your i know that uh but i have a deep hatred for him but anyway i'm not i'm gonna try to be as so my question is, um, where do you think we're headed, guys? Where, where, what are the possible solutions here? What, what is this going to look like? I mean, we're looking at gas prices. We're looking at a loaf of bread. We're looking at uh, uh, broccoli, <laughs> potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is getting scary. Where do you, where do you guys see this? Um, I think yeah, I'll take that one. Mm-hmm. Um, where I see it going is it's uh, a story as old as time. Um, it's governments creating issues and then going to come in with a solution. <laughs> um, and so we see a lot of problems. Um, and uh, I'm a huge proponent on our show um, that I will refuse to be partisan on any issues. I will try my best to be nonpartisan as best I possibly can. Uh, and I'm already seeing it, you know, with the conservative party, um, even with Pierre, like you already, you, you, you quoted them, you know, governments create an issue and government's going to have a solution to the issue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I always preach. I do not. Like, I do not care about politics. I do not care about our government, what they do. I care about taking care of my my community and yeah. my family. That's why we're such huge proponents proponents of doing giveaways and giving away money and helping people out. Um, because that's that's us being able to give back to our community and help out in the best way we can. Um, and so right now, things are are really high. And where I think it leads us is well, we're already like we talked about a little bit tonight um, mm-hmm. with uh, on a a. a geography at a geographic level a political level yeah. where you know we will be um i guess our status as a brother of the superpower will soon be no more um i think china will take over as number one superpower in the world yeah it's um, just a matter of time yeah. yeah yeah and then we'll be you know consumers of continue to be consumers of whatever it is they do and, and put out yeah. um and there's not much we really can do about it until we start bringing stuff back home and doing stuff here i think that's anything taught me about covid um and this is one thing i've been able to see at least the right and the left agree on um is that just support local you yeah. know support local yeah um you know buy from your local farms you know be okay with not having the you know having that friggin um uh guacamole in the middle of february yeah <laughs> you know? yeah that doesn't make sense <laughs> like, love, that's the quote of the night so far <laughs> you know and uh, but like it's but it's real like we you know we ship all the stuff from like other countries so that we can have a certain lifestyle it's not sustainable um and quite frankly i mean a very overused term these days in a day and age but like um, it can very much sum up our generation right now is we are so, we've been so privileged to have all just to ship the stuff in. There's a yeah. lot of countries that don't have that benefit. Um, yeah. But like we we got to have, you know, uh, those avocados coming in because um, I need that on my toast tomorrow morning. Like that's like you know, our generation started that the millennials you know, avocado toast right there, you know, and yep. what I learned through COVID um, was like we we, you know, exports law exports were slowing down at the first uh, beginning of it things were getting scary um things prices were rising a little bit then too um and then things started getting printed uh and uh things started kind of things were paused um throughout the pandemic and now we're starting to pay uh full for it big time 
So I I love so much of what you said. Um, first and foremost, same as you, I've been a big proponent, and I've always tell my fans and friends and family, whoever cares to listen, guys, politicians don't give a shit about us. Okay, so get that out of your head. Okay, they're not there for our interest; they're there solely on their own. The thing that I love you said is. Um, create one problem to forget maybe about another problem or create a problem to create a solution to get me mm-hmm. into power. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. Let, how do I make everybody forget about COVID and my asinine and ridiculous response to it over two years? Oh, let me create inflation. <laughs> then <laughs> let me, let me create a, an economic collapse basically for, for, yeah. for Canadians. And um, so, so, so much to say in there and, you know, I loved what you said is, again, same thing. I think we're, we're kindred podcast brothers here is, guys, now what's, you know, with, with the, the, the situation in Ukraine and what's happening is that, and then I looked at the numbers because I'm, I'm the type I'm going to research and I'm like, we're getting oil from Russia. Are, are, are you, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like, what? Guys, hello. And and it's funny that today, you know that the Keystone pipeline again was declined, right? Yeah. By the Congress. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. But now we have Quebec, okay, my home province that has continuously said that no, there's no Alberta oil that's gonna run through Quebec for eastern Canada and for 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 Quebec. So we'd rather go get oil in Russia. Okay, forget about Russia. Okay, now they're bad. Okay, let's ask Saudi Arabia and let's ask Iran to increase production. Oh, they're 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 much more trustworthy states, right? Yeah. So, I think now more than ever with that, with the inflation, is guys, let's let's support each other. Yeah. It, it, we we like you said. I love. I don't need an avocado in the middle of winter. Yes. Right? You know, I'm I'm I'm. Let's. We have such beautiful farmers. I'm sure you have in Halifax. We have farmers here in Quebec and and wheat fields out in 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 Western Canada and we could grow literally anything um so uh Pat my good friend yes uh inflation is just the beginning of the great reset uh great reset Pat trust me we're going to discuss it with, with Josh and Dalton right after um so um I don't know why this hesitancy um with this government in terms of this this reliance on other countries when we have so many resources at our own fingertips and uh we've you know what a lot of canadians don't know guys is that a lot of our infrastructure a lot of our security has been bought by the chinese government and um which the conservatives had blocked for many years and then the minute that my good friend trudeau came in Said, hey guys, it's happy hour. Come in and do whatever you want. You can buy everything. Yep. Security contracts that public, uh, excuse me, private security companies that had contracts with the Canadian military, okay, were bought out by the Chinese government. And he, it was blocked forever by Harper's government. The minute he came in, he reversed it and he made it and it made it pass. Yep. I've, I've said this before. And I'm going to say it again because now this it's, I think it's a good moment to, to bring this. So, I mean, obviously, needless to say, I know what we need to do in October 2023. I, I hope the rest of the country knows what we need to do at the next election. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. And um, there's a lot of things that we could um, 
you know, look at look at just Hydro Quebec here. We have oh yeah. We'd we'd rather sell to northern states in the United States at a huge profit rather than take care of Quebec yeah. and and Ontario and eastern provinces that we, we have so much hydroelectricity, guys. We we don't even know what to do with it. Yeah, you do. It makes me physically ill when I think about it. It's the same concept, right, with the oil. Out yeah, because aren't you supposed to, like, mow your own lawn first when you have a limited amount of oil, like gasoline in the mower? You're supposed to mow your own lawn first. Well, Dalton, I mean, yes, I would cut my, I mean, I would mow my own lawn before, right? But obviously, there's, there's, there's too many things. You know, a, a friend of mine always said, um, I think we, we don't even see the tip of the iceberg, what really goes beyond uh, interest groups and, 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 and politics. And I've spoken to um, politicians that I know personally that I went to university with off air, obviously, because I've had them summon them on my show and your head would spin. Mm. Your head would literally spin. I think the uh, point, I think the reason we don't hear it is because I think it would make us all viciously ill. If we uncovered the lobbyists, the, people coercing, you know, partisan employee, like government, we would be sick. Absolutely. Because when you really think about it, what is the reason of blocking oil coming from within Canada out West? When, first of all, (laughs) ironically, Quebec is the highest recipient of equalization payments, but yet have the goal to say, coming from Alberta, that have the goal to say, no, thanks, Alberta. But we'll, you take your money. but we'll take the money. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll, take, we'll take your six billion. Yeah, Fucking, and I, I live here, guys. So I'll be the first one to tell you we are the most hypocritical <laughs> province in existence. I'm not even going to get into the politics and the language issue because mm-hmm. that'll just send me off in a frenzy. Um, that you probably it's too ugly. I don't want. I don't want to subject you guys to that. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, those angle phones, man, can't trust them. Yes, right. <laughs> You know, no. That's anyway. I, I'm not gonna. I've I've had plenty of discussions with that, and uh, I'm just gonna say one thing. I'm just gonna say one thing. Did you guys hear the story that you know some Ukrainian um, immigrants, uh, refugees that are coming uh, to Canada, and the ones that are coming into Quebec? So you know, there's the law, right? The Bill 101 law. So okay. So let me explain to you what it is. It's very simple. If your parent or grandparent did not go to English school. In Quebec, you cannot go to English school. You have to go to French school. So, for example, I went to English school. So, because I was, uh, my sisters had gone to English school. So, I had the right to go to English school. Now, my two children, because of that, my two boys have the right to go to English school and they are in, in bilingual English school. Right. So, these Ukrainian kids that have been, uh, have asked for them to go to English school, which would be a lot easier with them. English being the international language, and a lot of them obviously speak more English than anything else. Yeah. And the Quebec government said, no, guys, they're going to have to go to French school. Interesting. Like, I, I, uh, interesting. I love your, your choice of words. Uh, <laughs> I was literally physically ill when I heard this, that I cannot believe that they're going to still play politics uh, at a time of these, these refugees are asking for our children to go to English school, and they've declined it. Um, I'm beyond disgusted. So just, I, I just, just to give you, that's just a little bit of, of the picture. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we have to deal with right now on a, on a daily basis in this province. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
in the middle of i've had a I'm, maybe i'll use the word hard time during the last two years and i didn't like i was saying maybe off air, i can't remember where i try and be as emotionless as i can be when like critically thinking about big issues mm-hmm. but i just feel like no one's showing any emotion in regards to human lives anymore <laughs> and it's like the, the it's just there's people fleeing a country because they're in a war and your concern is if they're going to go to like a French school. Yeah. Yeah. It, my, my concern that these, whatever 10,000 refugees or whatever they're coming into Quebec are, are a threat to the French language and to the culture. So is that what it is? Is it basically a game to make sure that French speakers and French as a language is still relevant at all? Okay. So he, I, I'll give you, as I've gotten older. Okay. I mean, I'm obviously a hardcore federalist at heart okay i believe in canada um and, and but as i get older i've i've realized i try to always look at the other person's point of view that's the whole point of my show as well right yeah so the goal i understand that they are a francophone french speaking uh language and culture within a, a wave of north america surrounded by english and they want to preserve this language and and um culture yeah now, Bill 101, uh, which is the law that I told you, has has basically served its purpose, right? Right. Uh, we hardly have any English schools left, and within a few generations, we'll probably have none left, okay? Um, so it served its purpose. However, they always say that the French language is at risk and our culture. But I've always said, which is the God honest truth, guys, no matter what they do, it's just a matter of evolution, as the kids, every generation gets older, there's internet, there's, uh, they want to learn English. And if they can't go to school, they're going to learn it anyway, because right. TikTok's in English, Instagram's in English, everything is in English. So no matter what, with every generation that gets up, what we call a Purlen, Quebecois, it's going to be lost. It's going to be lost. No matter what they do, no matter what law they pass. Um, but I do, I could understand them wanting to preserve their culture i understand oh. but the f- the fact of the matter is guys as any type of um immigration comes in here they're gonna they're not good they're not gonna attach themselves to the quebec culture i'm sorry they're not right. they're not they're gonna attach themselves first of all to the canadian culture whatever that may be but they're gonna still keep their home cultures of yes. look i mean I had my, my I lost both of my parents, but my mom, when she passed away, didn't speak a word of English or French. Keep now, okay. So think about that. Yeah. My father passed away in November mm-hmm. and did not speak a lick of English and very, very broken French. Wow. But yet managed to uh, raise five children, run a business all his life, um, and keep his cultures. And we've kept our cultures. The five of us speak Italian. Um, we have our cultures of uh, our, our cultural things that we do. We're never going to lose that. And and I never got into that culture of watching French TV or watch what knowing French comedians and actors and shows. None of it, n- zero. So I could even imagine that it's even worse now for these immigrants coming in today. So, um, like I said, I could see their their concern but i think it's just inevitable 
it's inevitable that it's 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 gonna it's gonna you know all these laws that they're putting into place is just gonna is how, how can I say this? Yes, they're gonna they're gonna speak the language, the immigrants, right? But what they, what they're not they're not gonna be Quebecois. They're not gonna be um, entrenched right. in the culture, which is what they wanted as well. You can't force that, guys. I don't know if you if you see or if you understand that, if you agree or disagree with that. Or you know what? I'd love to ask you. I, this is what I love to ask you, and I'm glad that you guys elaborate on that. What is your perception? Of of Quebec and this whole situation because I've I speak to some of my colleagues in Toronto and Calgary and I always love to have your perception of how the rest of Canada sees us. Um, yeah, I think it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I have had a lot of uh, well, a good a fair amount of friends uh, from Quebec. Um, you know, and I, I always you know for with them I always crack jokes uh, when uh, they're speaking French with each other and I come in with my English and. It's like, you know, try. I was like, you know, I'm trying, you know, I, I, I can speak a little bit of it. And this is not the other. And then I was like, you know, but you lost the war. No, I'm just kidding. It's a terrible thing to say. I don't, I don't actually agree with that. Um, but, um, uh, you know, it's, um, but like it, it's, I actually, when I'm driving, you know, cause I'll drive from here to Toronto, uh, fairly mm-hmm. often and I will do anything my power to not stay over in Quebec. Um, because I've dealt with so much nonsense every time I've gone in. Um, and it's usually because as soon as you, you start speaking English or you try to speak French, which is probably the most offensive thing you could do as yeah. an Anglophone, um, you just get sneered at. Um, you know, like, you know, you just like get lost type of mentality. I was like, uh, I'll just drive through. <laughs> You yeah. know, and I won't, I won't, I won't really want to deal with that. Um, I know it's better in the cities like Montreal. And, mm-hmm. um, but I know usually when you're driving through, you, you're stopping in Lavia de Lou, um, or yeah. you're stopping in maybe in Quebec City itself and, uh, or outside, outside of Quebec City, I should say. Um, yeah. and so it's just like, where it's, you should not speak English. Yeah, exactly. It's a little hot and a little more hostile, right? Um, and so with me, who's, you know, I deal with enough hostility in my day to day life, I don't want to deal with more of it. Yeah. I will just keep driving through, um, you know, and I know like, you know, the, the, you know, Quebec for the most part is very passionate about their culture as they should be. And yeah. uh, I understand why anybody would. Um, but, you know, I'm just trying to live in this world, man. Just trying to be a nice person. <laughs> I <agree>. of, <laughs> so I, I feel like there's no winning. Uh, it's either I try to speak French and it's not, it's not good enough or, mm-hmm. uh, or I speak English and it's offensive. So I'm like, well, See you. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Outside yeah. of Montreal, I try to avoid Quebec. Um, and really the island of Montreal. Okay. Where I find it's like easiest to walk up somewhere, speak English, and, and get on. Um, outside of that, yeah, I just generally hostile. <laughs> just generally very hostile. It, it's, it's interesting you say that because um, I, I've spoken to people and I've heard interviews and, and whatever I see on social media that Yes, uh, Montreal and Quebec City, because believe it or not, Quebec City is uh, th- there is uh, there is a lot more um, acceptance of people at least trying to speak English. Yeah, uh, excuse me, French. Um, and and I know in Montreal, a lot of people say as long as you make the effort, right, that they will appreciate it. And and for the most part, I could agree with that statement in terms of in terms of Montreal. But I, and I'm not justifying what I'm about to say to you guys. But the minute you leave Montreal. You have to understand is that um, it's dans les banlieues, right? So there's there's a, 
hardly no anglophones and outside of quebec they've a lot of them have not traveled they stay in their language and right. they went to school in french and even though you know what guys i've had discussions with um friends or clients and or clients and i remember one i had i'm actually having lunch with him tomorrow i haven't had um uh, i haven't seen him in a long time because i went away and now he's my client again and i remember him telling him and he's 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 francophone doesn't speak a word of english so we're talking he said you know your boys are in school and i go yeah and he says so you know how many you know they speak uh you speak at home i go well we speak english at home mom um, myself and my wife uh they speak italian with their grandparents and they speak french at uh daycare and uh they go to school in in uh 50 it's 100 percent completely bilingual so right. one day is in english one day is in french one day is in english it's a six-day cycle oh okay Oh, wow. So that's that's elementary. Uh, high school depends on which one. Pretty much half of it, the curriculum is in French, half of it is in English. Um, so both of my boys are perfectly bilingual. Like you would, you can't even. So I'm, I'm telling him this, and he says, "You know, Alua, that's fantastic." He says, "He says, but can I ask you a question?" I says, "Sure." He goes, "Why do you have the right to sit, to choose where your kids go to school?" I said. You're 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 preaching to the choir here, because mm. I'm 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 for you. I'm with you. You should have the same right, right. if you want to choose yeah. to send your kids to English school, and so he's forced right. to right forced to making the kids watch English uh, TV or doing private English courses because the kids want to learn English. Mm. Right, right. There's a lot of that sentiment, and as it gets, the world becomes bigger but yet smaller. There is a, a lot of that uprising that a lot of the younger parents, my generation, want that for their kids. So that's why it's going to be even more difficult for them. So, and I do know, I mean, listen, I, I, speak, I speak French. And when I was working for a mortgage company, my job was to do presentations, literally. Right. And I was, I was a business development manager for it. And I had Case de Jardin as an account, uh. which is 100 I'll say even 101% French. Yeah. So I went from literally working all my career in English and saying, okay, I got this job and Desjardins is, is, and it wasn't complete, like really Francophone areas of Quebec. And none of my presentations were English. And my wife looked at me and she's like, are you crazy? She goes, I, I have so much respect for you. I cannot believe you're going to do this. But you know what, guys? What I realized, I went there and to their credit, everywhere I went, mistakes i made with my italian canadian accent they always appreciated it mm. and uh, they, they actually loved it good so for that i got to give them credit i i never once did that was i ever did i ever feel did anyone make me feel that i wasn't good enough and right and i would make a mistake and i would just laugh or someone i would ask someone to correct me and, and they were super cool with it mm -hmm. so yeah. uh, but Coming from outside of Quebec, I could understand and appreciate how you guys uh, could see that it is very complicated issue. Yeah, definitely. And I could totally appreciate what you guys just said and how you feel. I, I, I can, and it's it's not something that's going to be um, solved anytime soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially uh, it, with the point that you said, where it's like now, as a parent, you're getting backlash. I wonder when that will transition to the children. When will they start? When will they? Because everyone grows up with bullies. When, yeah. or maybe there already is. 
bullying because you go to English school or bullying because you go to French school? Is that a thing or are you worried about that as a parent? I'm I'm not worried about that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there there has been. Yes, because for example, let's say uh, with even just within the Italian community, right? We will talk to other guys and, oh, you went to high school and uh, why are you going to high school in, in French? Maybe because their parents came too late, so they didn't go to English. Right. Uh, I, I was lucky with my my sisters that they went to English school pre, pre-Bill 101. Right. So I was really on that end. Some kids weren't, right? Generation later. So we would make fun of, oh, you went to French school. What a loser, right? I mean, we're, right. why are you going to French school, right? So let's say we meet kids playing hockey or at the park. And why are you, you're Italian. Why are you going to French school? You should be coming to English school, right? So, right. yeah, there was some of that, Dalton. Absolutely, there was. Uh, there was. But now I'm not, I'm not worried because I, I, we have made a decision to, to stay and grow up uh, and raise our family here. So my kids do have to speak French. Uh, it's it's right. it's not, and even if we don't end up staying here, it doesn't matter, um, because it, it's only to their benefit, right? Absolutely. So I, my my twelve year old speaks better French than me. He speaks it beautifully. I, I still I still cannot believe when he speaks French. I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to be honest, it's um, d- despite my feelings toward Quebec, I wish I could speak better French. I think it's a great skill to have, especially in Canada. It is. The thing is, though, like with any language, right, Dalton? For example, I've lost my Italian, right? Because I don't speak it anymore with uh, with my mom or my dad because before I would only speak with my So it's going to be the same thing for you unless, like, you're not going to have that opportunity living yeah. in Halifax to yep. speak and practice. And That's you're going to lose it. Right. You're going to lose it. Yeah. I mean, I won't lose my French because I literally got to do it every day. I speak right. every day. Uh Probably 90, 90% of my day is in English. Uh, excuse me, right. is in French. So there's no way that I'm, I still make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it just, it gets better and better. And, and, and especially when it's, you're in a, in a current niche, right? Like in mortgages, when I talk, I mean, now I know it by heart, right? So it's very rare that I'm going to make any mistakes in that. But um, I think it's just, it's just, it's just too bad that, you know, Quebec always says, well, you know, we're a bilingual country and why not? You know, outside of Quebec, yeah, but guys, yes, you know, you, you have Dalton here just saying he'd love to, but they could speak, but you're going to lose it anyway because you, you're not doing business in, in French outside of yeah. Quebec. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're going to lose it anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it's like I said, it's a very deeply historical, impossible to fix, complicated <laughs> issue. It really is. Oh. Yeah, it, it it won't be it won't be rectified anytime soon. Um, I wanted to discuss. Um, I think it was it was your one of your last. Um, I've been wanting to do a show in terms of talking about um, the World Economic Forum. Yeah, oh, baby. And so when I came across your one of your last podcasts when you discussed this, I said, "Wow, what a great time!" Is I'm not going to get a dedicate a whole show, but I definitely want to talk to the guys about it. So yeah. because there's so many things, and I know you did your research, so now I'm going to ask my questions that I've been meaning to try to come up with answers because it's fucking bothering me so much. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, okay? So for some of you that don't know, um, the World Economic Forum, and and I'm reading uh, this is their their from their website. Um, is an international non-governmental and uh, lobbying organization based in Colony, 
canton of Geneva, Switzerland. It was founded on uh, January 1971 by German engineering economist Klaus Schwab. The foundation, which is mostly funded by its 1,000 member companies, typically global enterprises with more than a billion US dollars in turnover, as well as public subsidies, views on its own mission as improving the state of the world by engaging business, political, academic, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. So, first thing I want to know, okay, before we get into anything about this, what's with his funny outfits and paired with his accent? Guys, <laughs> doesn't he look like a, like a James Bond villain? He does. Okay, do you, I'm not sure this will resonate with you, maybe as a father you might have seen, um, on the Family Channel, do you know what I'm going to say, Phineas and Ferb? I've I've heard about it, but I, I've never seen it. No, there is an e an evil villain on that show called Doctor Doofenshmirtz, and I, <laughs> I suggest you look him up because I cannot stop thinking about him every time Klaus opens his mouth. <laughs> his name is Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Okay, okay, <laughs> just the, just the name. You lost me at the name. That's that's awesome. That's that's what you lost me of. Okay, now, um, I'm. Nowadays, I mean, everyone's going to agree with me. I'm having trouble believing what sh what's true or not, what's a conspiracy or not. And I've talked about years and I've heard about, we've heard about conspiracies and Great Reset. I'm like, oh, guys, come on, stop yeah. it with this. But guys, you know what? This is not funny anymore. This really isn't funny. Because when you have um, this World Economic Forum um, saying the things they say openly, um, and I'm going to play a little, uh, a little clip here. Okay, guys. So bear with me one second. Um, I want to share this with, with, uh, with you guys. Totally. Okay. So here we go. Let's see if we, uh, all right. When I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, uh, even, uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the world economic forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau. Okay. First of all, I do not like the word penetrate. The only penetration I want to know is, oh, you know, no. which penetration I want to see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I am really, really disturbed by the fact that he said we are penetrating cabinets and yeah. we are so proud of our young leaders. So my first question to you is, well, it's that is my first question is, why does it seem to this WEF com be coming out now? And why do they seem to have so much pull? Why are these international leaders so quick to be part of this, this um, non-governmental and lobbying organization? Could someone explain this to me? What did you guys come up with? Oh, baby. Uh, you want to crack out of first? <laughs> you, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, I mean, it's something, it's uh, an organization I've been following for the better part of two years now. Um, and trying to understand what they're about, uh, what they're doing, and uh, why they have so much pull. Um, I think in some degrees um, it has, uh, has something to do with the UN uh, as well. Mm -hmm. 
we've gotten very comfortable with the UN, uh, which has become slowly become an organization that is countries coming together to lead the country or lead the world. Um, And I think obviously a lot of that mentality has gone over to the World Economic Forum and that group over there. Um, And the and we've kind of as we were talking on the show tonight, you know, at least in our culture and society. leftist ideas have uh, really taken over the public square um, and kind of tend to dominate in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And guys like um, the issue with leftist ideas in terms of, you know, what they're passionate about um, is it's very easily manipulated. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to say, you know, this business is black owned and all of a sudden everyone's throwing their money, you know, and, um, Saying those are good things uh, in itself, those are awesome things. Um, but people's emotions are so easily manipulated through those ideologies. Yep. Um, that you know, people have gotten ripped off, um, and people have been duped at uh, various points. And I'm seeing it with the World Economic Forum. They use ter- terms like, um, "We're going to have a more equitable world." Uh, Equity. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be more. Um, everything's going to be dispersed properly. Um, everyone's going to be okay. And this is like, just like a lot of like collectivism, which is, you know, fine. You know, I think collectivism is important in its specific sectors of life. For example, I think you should have some degree of collectivism with your tiny little community, uh, that you live around. Um, I don't know if it actually works on a grand scale of say a 500,000 person city. No, Um, let alone the world, let alone the world. Um, these are things that, uh, they've been able to uh, manipulate a lot of feelings around it. And so you got leaders like uh, and you know, and others who are very much a part of this idea of like really pushing leftist ideas and really, you know, putting, putting that forward. And so of course he's going to be the poster boy for it. Um, We'll see what happens, (laughs) you know, and we're already seeing it now. And, um, I think that's the reason why you're seeing such a big pull for it, right? You've seen the Democratic Party that's been um, taken over by these ide- ideologies as well uh, or dominated by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who dares to speak up against them will be run over. Yeah. Racist, uh, racist, racist. Yeah, yeah. I, that's another word that I have heard thrown around so loosely in the last two years is racist. And it seems now anyone who speaks out like you said, leftist ideas are what are, um, you know, you know, being manipulated to make things go a certain way and invoke emotion and whatnot. I think we have people who are scared of the defamatory things they may be called if they do speak up. And I think we also have a bunch of chumps who are very gullible and naive who will believe whatever's put in front of them without any critical thinking. Um, and when you mix the two, you get where we're at right now, which is people thinking for you and you believing it. So here's a great uh, quote by Pat exactly to say what you just said and, and relate it back. We don't need digital ID. We don't need a government that wants more control. And why aren't we fighting back? This is mind boggling. So here's the thing with with what you just said and what Pat is saying is that Guys, let's not forget that. Um, why would we want to give? See, the, the government is is by giving us sur payments by saying we're going to take care of you. We're basically we're and we're allowing them to do this to us that we are becoming reliant on them, right? Yeah. The, 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 
the name of your last show was by 2030. By the way, this, the title scared me. Uh, you'll yeah. own nothing. It was brilliant, by the way. By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. You know, we didn't invent that term. I know that. Oh, okay. Good. I know that. <laughs> but, but it was brilliant to put it as the name of that episode. Yeah. So so here's here's the thing, right? So to go back to your notion of collectiveness, right? What happens in a society that, okay, fine, we're 500,000 people in this city. We're all in it together. Okay, but so let's say it's just three in, in this in this uh, little city. Me, you, Josh, and Dalton, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll throw Pat in there too because Pat Pat's a good friend of mine. He's always a great supporter of the show. We're the four of us. We're starting this thing. So here I am. I'm thinking for myself. I'm like, oh, God, I love this collectiveness. I love this, this kumbaya feeling that we're going to take care of each other. Uh-huh. But you know what? Um, I don't feel like working today or doing anything my chores. I think Josh and Dalton are going to they'll do something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't need to innovate anymore. I don't need to find. They'll figure it out for me. Right. And jo- Josh is saying, oh, fuck, I don't feel like doing anything today. Just like he didn't feel like doing his podcast. Ah, I think Luigi and Dalton and Pat have my back, right? And then Dalton's going to say, oh, shit, you know what? Hey, you know what? I feel like taking it off today. I, you know what? We'll make Josh go harvest the field and Luigi's going to go help give him a hand. And so you see you guys? You see what happens? People... And- Elevate that to modern issues, not just farming and cleaning. Elevate that to running the world. Yes, absolutely. So we've just we've put it on such a basic level here, um, but this is exactly what's going to happen. You take away that um, that drive in a person. So where do we innovate to make this to make our world a better place? Because guys. Let's face it. I mean, we're too many on this planet, first of all. Yeah. Right. We're slowly destroying it. Yep. So we need to have people coming up with innovative ideas. So yep. by this notion of collectiveness, oh, everyone's gonna things will take care of. Oh, for example, like like right, our our, our prime minister, oh, the 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 the, the budget will balance itself. The budget will balance itself. <laughs> Amen to that. Oh. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, and then again, that is what happens when you have a crappy drama teacher as your prime minister? Well, they're, uh, by the way, a substitute drama teacher, but yeah, um, he wasn't even full time. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's just, that's just a semantic semantics, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, it could lead us into other areas, you know, for example, there, there could be some pros and cons. And I don't know how you guys feel about this is universal basic income, right? Mm. I could see it on both sides, right? I could see that the guy, that the person is struggling and they need a little bit of income to supplement what they're doing and have a better basic, uh, you know, a better look on life and maybe we'll, we'll have more money and not have to worry about their basic needs and maybe they're going to go out there and start a company and, and employ other people. But then on the other end, it could go back to what we were just saying before. I'm like, ah, I got what I need to live. I don't right. care. We're good. We're good, right? So, um to go back to this notion of this WEF, um, honestly, guys, I mean, how 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 worried are you about this? And in terms of their their infiltration, and you're talking about so things. Pat says again, uh, Trudeau just pledged uh, billions to small businesses to help them go digital. Uh, so scared, beginning of the corporate social credit system. Uh, he mm-hmm. goes on to say, supposedly they want all this by 2030, like you guys just said. So less than eight years, unless we have a revolution and not comply. Uh, well, let's hope that uh, Trudeau's not there by by twenty uh, by then. Yeah. Um, how how worried are you about this? I mean, 
we you mentioned leftists. I mean, I don't I don't I don't consider the liberals liberals anymore. I, I see them right. more as neoliberalism and they're completely off the spectrum right now. They're really they really I don't know if it's just directly him or he's just a puppet. And it's just a whole party that's decided to go along this very much like some of the Democrats or some party, some uh, sanctions, some sectors of the Democrats in the United States uh, with AOC, of course, leading the charge that other. Anyway, I'm not even going to start name calling right now. Um, how worried about are you about about this? I mean, I'm personally and it's it's such a. I'll maybe use the word gaslighting experience where it's like, I'm almost viciously worried and no one around me is. And I'm like sweating where I'm like, no one's seeing it. Maybe I'm crazy. No one's seeing it. Maybe I'm crazy, but the, everything I'm reading is sound. It's accurate. It's factual. And um, to be quite honest, um, it gives a sense of impending doom. Um, and it also invokes fear that the only way to maybe come out of it is, new leadership that will stand up for Canadians or uh, civil disobedience and people who want control uh, like we've seen Justin Trudeau do with navigating the pandemic his control is clearly in his wheel wheelhouse is something he wants civil disobedience um, could get me killed it, it could it could make me go away yeah. um, so either that means I maybe end up dead or feel so low that I, I don't have any fight left or we do end up under the control of something like the WEF and the person who Dalton is, which is an energetic, um, innovating business owner who believes in capitalism and wants to provide for my family and build generational wealth gets turned into nothing more than a wake up, get my check from Mr. Trudeau, happy to be a Canadian, go to sleep and rent everything that I want in life. And that terrifies me. Well, you just, you know what, that was really eloquently uh, said, and you just scared the shit out of me, Dalton. I'll be honest with you, because what worries me is that not especially with what we've gone through the last two years and how easy a majority of us were ready to comply by the false notion of, oh, they have our interest, right? It's in our best interest. We got to protect our neighbors. No, no, guys. And it's just amazing how a lot of them still today and everything's out there. It's it's completely out. We literally lost the last two years of our life for no fucking reason. And and it's just amazing to me to see how still many people are just going to put their blinders on, look straight, government, trust them. Okay, okay. That's what scares me the most. And it, it wouldn't even surprise me to see this WEF or God knows whatever else other other organization manifest into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if if they've done this to us the last two years, unless, like Pat says, we do something, um, civil disobedience. You know, guys, to the point. Uh, I've said this, and I'm going to say this to you guys because you brought it up, Dalton. Is, uh, and I'm not going to go into. I don't want to discuss the whole freedom convoy. Okay. Um, I know you guys have talked about it. So have I ad nauseum, but just while I was supporting them and, and saying that we need to stand up and I'm fully vaccinated, but I respect everyone's decision to have, uh, their own private decision, yep. decision of what they put into their body. Long yep. story short, I get a private message from an old friend saying, I cannot believe that you're, um, promoting civil disobedience. Hmm. Till this day, it still bothers me. I could not believe 
that this person took the time to write wow. this to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that that, because to me, and like you said, we're not going to get into the truckers. We're going to speak strictly about what civil disobedience at its core means. Mm -hmm. Civil disobedience is not illegal. Civil disobedience is not outlawed in any single way. As long as you're not harming others in your civil disobedience, the fact that you don't want to challenge someone to me is so weak. Yep. Now I say this again, and I'm going to say this again. Um, I've said it many times being a history buff. We always stand to learn from history. Yep. Remember guys, once upon a time, it was law to have no rights as a Jew in Germany. Yep. It was a law to not have any rights as a black person in South Africa. It was a law to, to not have any rights as a black person in, in the United States. It was, it was a law that you were allowed to have slaves. Do you think all of this ended because there was no civil disobedience? Right. How do you think that there was any change in the world? Do you think Nelson Mandela was, 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 was not violent? Do you hmm. think the people in, in his, do you think, or Stephen Biko with the apartheid, uh, anti-apartheid movements that paid with his life that died? Do you think that there was no violence or civil disobedience involved in there? Guys, come on. Get that out of please. Because when it's something that the current leaders support, it's a protest. When it's something they don't like, it's a riot. And that has a certain connotation in the media to make you think a certain type of way about it. Yeah. yeah. And they're misogynists and they're racist. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, no, and I, I think one thing, kind of going back off of Dalton's point there, and that's a question I would love to, to ask the person who messaged you, is I wonder if they are uh, in, in favor of civil disobedience of Russian people against their government. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Gary. you. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's great, a great question. That's a fantastic question. How do you not like to hear them argue the other side of that. Yeah, but there's, there is no argument, and there's thank not. you for that. There's none. Thanks. I mean, I don't even have to go back in 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 history, right? So what you're gonna you're gonna ask uh, Rosa Parks to sit in the front in the back of the bus? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Right? Because she's black. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Can you just abide, please? Please, don't no civil disobedience. Can you please sit in the in the in the back of the bus? No, I'm gonna stay in front of the bus. The same people, shit. Yeah, and people have been advocating for that same mentality throughout the years. Anytime there's been a movement that's been uncomfortable for them. You've already seen, always seen the other side of it. And like, can you, yep. can you just shut up? Stop. You know, it's, you're, you're making me uncomfortable in any movement. We can, we can go across the board uh, on either side you believe you, you believe in. Yep. Um, like the other side's always been like, ah, just shut up. Yeah, <laughs> the know? point is, I want to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And, right. and you know what? Uh, it's okay to be uncomfortable and it's okay to change your mind, guys. Cause let me tell you the way yeah. I was seeing this at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I was out there saying, hey, guys, you know, what's the big, just go get, you know, just go back vaccinated. You know what? I'm not ashamed to say that I changed my mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. As more information came uh, about and we had more access to to statistics and, and information and what it was yeah. doing and what was happening, we, we came to the realization that we did whatever we did for whatever reason we did it. And it's okay to question, to question everything. So yeah. I don't know why this this whole thing of we can't question uh, our government making decisions when you have WEF penetrating, penetrating yeah, that word scared me a lot. Like I, 
that that word to penetrate uh, the cabinet of the Canadian government to me means we are going to do whatever it takes, pay people off, make them go away. Who knows to make sure that over 50% of our views and our opinions make it into your government. That's scary. Yeah, it is scary. And it goes with hand in hand. Like I said before, it's just everyone's the majority of Canadians acceptance acceptance of okay i'll comply i'll comply so um listen i don't want to be all doom and gloom but i am worried i am worried because this current government is 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 literally and they're showing that they're not doing anything for canada's interests literally they're just playing the puppets and they're saying we're being the good boys it's all science meanwhile we're the only country in the world that still has federal uh, mandates when it comes to uh, traveling. It's yeah. it's it's ludicrous. So um, yeah. I'm 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 just um, I'm I was trying to understand this whole WEF because we've been hearing about it for so long, and I just wanted to talk about that, for, especially for people watching or listening. Yeah. That you know to educate them a little bit more. Um, what are your what are your what are your final thoughts on this in in terms of? wef where do you see this going where do where do you know where does or just maybe let me rephrase that question is where do you see the mindset of canadians as a whole where do you see this going are we going to change are we going to adapt are we going to just i think the freedom convoy made a lot of our voices be heard and i was happy to see that where do you where do you see this going i don't know we don't have a crystal ball but i just wanted to you know your it's uh I mean, I think uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's uh, this is going to not be great to hear, um, but I think it's too late uh, in some ways. Um, mm. I think it's here. It'll be here for a time. I don't think it'll be forever, uh, but here be, it'll be here for a time um, because we allowed it. Uh, we allowed yeah. it to divide us. Um, you know, I'm like, I have a lot of friends. I, I'm blessed to say I have a lot of friends who view who are on different sides of the political spectrum. And I've been able to maintain those relationships through the pandemic, which is kind of a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and just hearing a lot of my friends kind of more on the left side of things. Um, uh, you know, we would have some very frank and heated conversations about things that I was seeing, but obviously wasn't being portrayed. Um, uh, clearly and uh and no but now things are starting to slowly bubble to the surface um that are making the regular person very uncomfortable yeah um and as you said very scared you know and uh what do you mean we're not going to have cash what do you mean we're just going to have like essentially like coupons that i get to you know you know use wherever like oh i can't use this on meat today i have to go use this on veggies um that that is coming and that's already being kind of ushered in a lot of ways um and i think it's i think it's regular people i talk to about it are starting to see it that's one positive Um, i'm talking to a lot of regular people who aren't like infatuated by this stuff like the crazy crazy guy and um we're just like wait who are are contacting me directly and like hey josh can you talk to me about this (laughs) what's going on here um you know and be like you know and just try to inform them what's happening uh what at least i see happening um what's already been published um you know i loved uh klaus schwab's uh book that was released in june of Mm -hmm. 2020 um you know COVID 19 the great reset the great reset um, you know, these things, they've been saying it in plain sight for so long, but it's been all suppressed. Um, so, uh, and then there's many people who lost their livelihoods on things like YouTube um, because they would speak about these things when it wasn't popular. 
So um, I think regular people are waking up and they are starting to see what's going on. Um, I just don't know. I don't know if we've caught it in time, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with that last part with catching it on time. I think I don't know if I, I like to hope or like to think we won't see the full effects of a WEF or an organization similar to that. However, I think, like you said, there will be a time where I like to use the word tricked because to me, you're being tricked. And so I think there'll be a period of years where, you know, um, the government will have its say no matter what. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's my last question is I've always asked this, you know, do we really do we really need to improve the state of the world by engaging businesses? Is the state of the world that bad that we need to reset it right. and then and and bring all that power back to governments and let us be dependent on them? Is it so bad the state of the world? Well, it, I'll say. Um, sorry, you sound like you're trying to finish the thought there. Sorry. No, yeah, I was. I was just because if we really look at it historically. Right. We contrary to what everyone thinks and, and because what we've lived through the last two years, but historically we man has never been um, so prosperous in right. terms of very little famine, very little um, worried about violence and worried about dying young. Uh, historically, we are at the best. And yes, of course, I'm aware that there is. There are certain regions in the world that that, that complete, you know, uh, villages have to be because of climate change or uh, the droughts and whatever. Right. I'm aware of that. But when you look at it in a global uh, view, man has never been, has never had it so good. But so now is the time to do a great reset. I I don't know. Yeah, I think Josh, like, you were gonna see. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, um, you know, how. Our good, uh, our good graces can be easily manipulated because we, yes. you know, naturally, of course, we want to care about our fellow person. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like Josh, you, you, you want to see people in Africa starve continuously? Like, uh, no, I'm sorry. Not to be rude, but I don't want to see my family starve first. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, um, but in general, like, it's just like, of course, like, like that's just gonna, um, you know. It's going to be here. It's always going to be here. Uh, we live in an imperfect world. We are imperfect people. We are broken. Um, there's going to be inequities. Um, there's going to be inequalities. Like it's just it's it sucks, and we have to be incumbent upon ourselves. I've said time and time again uh, to take care of those in our community, make sure that they're taken care of. Those we love. Uh, I guess going back to Dalton's point there, and we got to do our best to you know take care of them. But like. You know, the reality is they're using that mentality of, of course, we don't want to see people starve, saying, well, you give the power to us. We'll mm -hmm. make sure everyone's yeah. fed. We'll make sure yeah. everyone's taken care of. Like, bro, uh, putting the focus of the world and the power of like, you know, 20 people um, doesn't exactly uh, bestow confidence. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's if, companies with bigger boards of directors. Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest, like, I don't know. This is going to be a, a sad, you know, like, I don't mean to sound overly religious here but these were words spoken by jesus himself as the poor you'll always have yeah. um you know like it's just it's like it's naturally because we live in such a broken society um and broken world that's just gonna happen we just got to do our best what's upon us to you know help those out um but yeah we're sorry we're not fixing anything that's been happening for millennia right
I know. Uh, absolutely not. We're not. I mean, and what you're gonna you're gonna put your hand in the power of government that first of all says to a military that we can't even take care of our own veterans because we don't have the money to do so, but yet, but yeah. yet, we'll send money to 150 different countries across the world like 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 it's the 4th of July and it's a Christmas morning but yet yeah. what they're going to solve all these problems around the world if yep. they haven't solved it till now by throwing around this money these problems like you said had been there for centuries for decades for hundreds of years and they're going to unfortunately be there because we do live in an imperfect world. So uh, not everyone, not the WEF, not anybody, not the Pope, not the President of the United States is yeah. going to solve this. Yeah. My whole, issues. If they want to make the perfect world, to me, you need the perfect person. And I want someone to point me in the direction of the perfect person because that Ooh. does not exist. Well, it's because Dalton is there's too many things involved for that to happen there's too many variables that have right. to fall in place it's never going to happen because there's too many people within any country within any government that wants that power you mentioned it before china will do everything they've said it we want to take over the world yep. you have the 20 30 30 year old plan this it's out of the open guys hello yeah, russia yeah. Look what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. And these things go back. Look what's happened in the Middle East. Oh, guys, I could go on and on and on. What's happening in Yemen and what's happening in Syria. Guys, we could, you know, you're not going to solve all these problems. It's impossible. Stop trying to play God. It's not going to happen. And I mentioned Russia and I'm just going to, because Pat asked this question. Um, do you guys think the war between Russia and Ukraine is a distraction? I think it is, he says. You've spoken Oof. to this as well, where I think it is absolutely maybe not a distraction, but I think it is. It's almost like China's um, classroom in that they get to learn and watch what it takes, how people are going to react, um, you know, the world's stance on invasion. And China's taking little notes and they're learning, and they probably have people on the ground looking at the impact on their on russia so the effect that it would have on china when they go to start taking over um i think right now china's leaders are sitting back likely why they're not saying a whole lot about what russia's doing mm -hmm. and saying yep this was a good thing to do we should do that differently if it were us we would do it like this and they're going to remember that for when it's their time what i think that works in their favor is that uh, Russia has the history behind, right? The history behind this conflict of, of them being part of the Soviet Union. So that, I wouldn't say works in their favor, I'm sorry, is that it gives them in their eyes, right, a reason in order to do what they're doing. Um, yeah, justification. The justification, yes, thank you. Uh, I, I mean... I mean, I guess you could say the same thing in terms of China and Taiwan, but uh, I, I'm, I think that's what you were eventually alluding to. But guys, I mean, guys, do, do, we don't even, you know, we don't even know what China is doing. Forget about Taiwan, what they're doing in Australia and the whole Pacific. It's, guys, it's insanity. They're literally, they're already taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we just don't know it. We're, we're just, just waiting. Yeah. We're yeah, just, we're just, yeah. We're just waiting, right? We're just waiting. And now there's talk about, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia trading in, in yens and, uh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Imagine that with the U.S. dollar not being. Um, we literally just talked about that before this. And my definition was that is the kill shot. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, for That's how it. long has, has the U.S. dollar been the gold standard? And right. could you imagine that will definitely be the quote sh- the the kill shot for sure? Oh yeah. Um, we live in. I, I see this all the time, but we really do because every time I get into the discussions, and uh, we do live in interesting times, man. Um, I I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, on that note, guys. Um, I really, I really enjoyed this chat this evening. Um, I'd like for you to uh, just tell uh, the. It's going to be in the show notes anyway. But uh, where could people find your podcast and uh, and the visual uh, thing on that as well? Absolutely, uh, elevate podcast on socials, TikTok, Instagram. Um, you know, we've got our links in the, in the bio there. We're available on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. You know, everywhere you find your podcast, your favorite podcasts. And uh, they don't come out every Monday. Don't forget YouTube. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. do have a video version that you can watch. Yeah. yeah. I put that in the show notes as well. And you guys know that, by the way, because I, I use Anchor, that now I could uh, download the visual, the uh, video on Spotify. You can? Yes. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just did my first one last week. So that was pretty nice. cool. So awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's so now we're like, uh, right within the last couple of weeks. Isn't uh, it? Yeah, yes. Past month or so. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, so that's new. So, um, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining me tonight. Um, I want to thank everybody that tuned in this evening, uh, especially Pat with all his comments. I know that he was passionate about the WEF for sure. <laughs> so, thank you guys so much. It's been uh, it's been really great. I love the chat this evening. Stay on, uh, stay on. Uh, we'll have a chat offline. And I wish everybody a good evening. And uh, take care of yourselves and be good to yourselves. And listen to Josh and Dalton. Take care of your community and be kind, guys. Thanks again, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.